Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Hey y'all, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Hey, we, uh, what is it here? September? <laughs> hey, Hushmo. Hey, it, uh, <clears throat> August 10th, y'all, 2013. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. We, we've been, uh, really cramming here the last, uh, I guess two or three weeks trying to get our uh our uh, latest uh work out, our manuscript. We've been uh just about there. Just about there, uh with it. Uh hopefully we will be able to get it to uh, the publisher sometime this week. Or this coming week here. We we one thing we came across a new uh I don't know how to even uh, categorize uh, this uh, new um, individual that I ran across here. I, I I got him right now as my one of my spiritual witnesses to uh, my to uh, to my story. Yeah, and I just uh, I just came across him really. Uh, at least, surely I must. I believe I've heard his name before, but really just uh, bringing him into uh, into 
view into my focus here uh, uh, just this past week. A one, uh, no, I, I, I've heard of him. I, I mean, just a, I've never really dove into uh, his story. A one Bishop Henry McNeil Turner. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about uh, sharing a little of his uh, story with you uh, this evening, right here on the Hushmo Black Forum. Yeah, we. Hey, how y'all doing out there in uh, cyberspace? Facebook man, let me send you, let me send y'all a little uh, message here. Hey, uh, you got me in the hushbow. We on the air, live, living color, all that. Coming to you from the ATL, y'all. Yeah, we uh. That's yeah, football season, yeah. We we didn't we didn't get to the first uh, Falcons game that Thursday, and we preseason tend to be just that. I mean, preseason, everybody trying to see what's what, get the kinks out, get some timing down. But uh, we lost. We lost. <laughs> at the end of the day, we lost, y'all. Yeah, we got beat by uh, Cincinnati. What thirty four to. 10 or some crazy stuff, but that, like I said, one good thing is preseason. We're not uh, we're not showing everything. Not yet. What's in the news, y'all? We like I said, I've been crushing here trying to get my uh, my book started. Hey, y'all, we got a dial in five eight eight three eight one four. It's just like it. Uh, we got some lightning and thunder coming in, y'all. We might uh, be ducking and dodging tonight on the, on the Hushbo Black Forum. So we cut off here. Just remember I told you. Uh, we we didn't know. Uh, we looked at the weather. We didn't really uh, see that much in it. But, uh, yes, 85 degrees with uh, <laughs> overcast. <laughs> uh so, wow, look like the next five days here is going to be raining in the ATL, y'all. Well, we've had our share of rain this uh, this summer down here in uh, in the sunny south. I don't know that. Well, we all know something's going on with that climate, y'all. <laughs> Something is going on with that climate. I don't know what it is. Rush Limbo and the... Rush Limbo say ain't nothing wrong with the weather. It's all a hoax. How, 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 how does Rush Limbo know? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He know everything. I don't know. He know everything. See, man. The guy know everything. I, he's. I don't, I don't know. President decided not to uh, go down and see uh, Putin when he go to Russia here in a couple of weeks. I don't blame him. I mean, we got a guy over there that we trying to get back. He didn't mess around and gave the guy a silence. <laughs> and uh, here's the American president coming over there. And you, uh, 
you know, he gave this uh, traitor uh, asylum. So I don't blame the president for that. Braves, hey y'all, now the Braves, y'all better get on board. We got we got a few more seats on the train here. <laughs> y'all better jump on. We got a fourteen game winning streak, y'all. About a well, we got about a fifteen game lead, fifteen game lead in uh, our division. So we. We cooking. The Braves are cooking. So we're gonna see what happens here. I don't. I don't see our number. I don't think nobody can catch us. I don't. I don't think anybody. Can, I don't think anybody can catch us. Uh. Now, it could be, it could be that uh, we have some kind of major collapse in the the last two weeks of August and September, but uh, wow, still, I'm talking about, you talking about somebody who's got to play awfully good baseball to catch us, they 15 back now, they have to play. 900% 900% baseball. <laughs> if, if worst scenario, somebody would have to play 900 ball if we just played five. If we played 500, if we played 500 balls. Somebody's got to play 900 plus <laughs> to beat us, to catch us. The Braves now, yeah. We saw it up, up and down the lineup. Yeah, we saw it up and down the lineup. We got we got to do six six two fifty leading off. <laughs> we got a man six six two fifty leading off, and I and I bet order, y'all, and, and he's dangerous. <laughs> So yeah, one through one through eight every night we uh we pose a problem for the opposing team there. Ten after seven, y'all. In the ATL. Yeah. <clears throat> Just uh overcast Saturday here in the ATL. Uh, but really, I've been inside all day. I've, I've ventured out here about, uh, I don't know, for about 30 minutes or so just to uh, see what was going on. Got back in just in time because it was raining like crazy out there now. After it looked like the cable was going up and down. So we we hope we can get through this without any uh, problem. But I don't know, y'all. I'm, I'm going to give you some warning here. We might be up and down like a yo-yo this evening. Uh, we hate. We hate to. Uh, 
brothers like this anyway. <laughs> hey, we, hey, we've been struck by lightning before, y'all. Well, not when I was a, y'all read my first book, The Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. I, I, I tell the story when I was like two years old. Well, my mother had me propped up in the kitchen window there next to this old radio. We hit there in the kitchen or something. Uh, lightning came through there and popped the radio, I guess, and knocked me. I don't think I actually got uh, struck, but it did knock me off the uh, knock me off the uh, counter there down to the floor. I think it was probably the first time I <laughs> ever remember crying. Yeah, I was about two. <laughs> So I've been struck by lightning. I'm damn near close to it. <laughs> hey, y'all got me to Hushmo. Uh, just uh, recount a little bit of his uh, <laughs> life story out here on the Hushmo platform. You know what we do out here? We advocate on behalf of Americans of descent for justice, social justice. And not because we don't love everybody. We love every, everybody. We just have to be a, a part of that uh, community and by extension find ourselves advocating on uh, their behalf. Trying to provide a uh, platform for the 90% of our community that uh, that uh, very seldom uh, I get a uh, get a uh, get a platform to uh, be heard. Yeah, the 90% of our uh, our community. We, hey, we Make up uh, some 41 million uh, Americans. We make up some 41 percent of, uh, well, not 41 percent, 41 million Americans, some 13 and a half percent of the population. We, we're not, uh, by the way, we're not, most, <laughs> let's, let's make this clear, most of us are not immigrants. <laughs> most of us are not immigrants, y'all. Now everybody you hear everybody talking about we got a country made up of immigrants. No, that's that's not entirely true. My family, me, an American of African descent, is not an uh, immigrant to this country. No, my family was here before the country was put together, y'all. Before uh, eighteen or seventeen eighty seven, before the Constitution, my family was here in Georgia. So, no, we're not going to. Uh, uh, be party to uh, the immigrants that well, we came here slaves. But we we was here, we was here. We indigenous to the country of uh, the United States of America. We're indigenous. My family is, no doubt. No, I got nothing against immigrants. Some of my best friends are immigrants. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to uh, I'm trying to tell you what we are, what I am. I'm uh, indigenous to the country, period. <clears throat> but we love everybody, like I was saying. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, in doing research for my book here, uh, Racism and Hate in American Reality, we've uh, really just been coming up with some fascinating uh, uh, insight into our history. Just uh, picked up 
one Mr. Charles Silverman. Charles Silverman, you, you all, I don't know, you all, some of you are older generation would, uh, would know of, have probably heard of Charles Silverman, big uh, social justice advocate. He was Jewish from uh, New York City, I believe, somewhere around there. He uh, wrote this book that I refer from uh, in my uh, book, uh, one of the uh, pieces of materials that I read, Crisis in Black and White, he wrote uh, about the race problem. Again, an updated version of what uh, Gunnar Merkel, uh, Gunnar Merkel, Gunnar Murdahl <clears throat> had done back in uh, the 1940s uh, when he uh, wrote his book, book uh, Crisis in Black and White, he did this right in the midst of the Civil Rights uh, Movement in 1963. Uh, you can imagine the time, if you're old enough, uh, my generation, I would, uh, you know, I vividly uh, uh, relate to what he was talking about in this book right here. Uh, Crisis in Black and White, y'all. Pick it up. It's just a fascinating read if you want some history about what was going on and where uh, the country was at that particular time. Uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, source of uh, information. In, in fact, we we came across. I, I was telling you about uh, one Mr. Henry McNeil uh, Turner, a bishop. Uh, Henry McNeil Turner. I uh, I got to him a little more in depth. Uh, from uh, Crisis in Black and White. So, yeah, I, I've been really, I've, I've been reading it, too, because this last, uh, uh, like I said, uh, three weeks or so that I've been cramming to get my manuscript finished. Uh, uh, I've also had, uh, had to do a lot of reading. You know, at the last minute, one little thing led to another. You wind up having to read a whole book almost to uh, to uh, get the information that you're looking for or just uh, you get captivated by the material you wind up spending this uh, even uh, Dr. Murdoch's uh, uh, um, An American Dilemma that's a 1500 page uh, uh, a study y'all that's a 1500 you remember imagine what five 300 pages books look like stacked up <laughs> and then you'll get an idea how, how in depth uh, that thing was it's fifteen hundred pages, yeah. So uh, and I, you know, once you get, once I, you know, I'm, I'm a curious uh, person. Once I get uh, started reading something, and if it piques my interest, I can't put it down. So I, I've been uh, cramming here the last uh, three weeks, y'all, trying to get this thing finished. But I, I. Uh, I'm so happy to be where I'm at uh, right now. I just uh, finished the conclusion uh, part of the book. That's, yes, I don't know, it's 3,000, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 words in the conclusion. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just about there. I'm still tying a few chapters together, just rereading the thing before I get it in to my uh, editor, to my, uh, well, well, my 
my uh, publisher is going to do my editing too. So uh, we are coming up on uh, seven twenty here, y'all. In the ATL, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. We'll be right back. You got me in the hush, boy. Y'all hang in there. I'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Thank you, Mike. Got a real challenge just getting out of break uh, that time. Yeah, we uh, tell you this weather here uh, might be crazy. This weather may be crazy. Uh, we we're gonna see how it goes. We got uh, hear thunder out there. But uh, hey, y'all, uh, welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not a necessity. Sometimes we'll do it louder. We try not to. Uh, go there too often. We like to uh, keep everything on a even keel out here. But but you know, we 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 uh we we we'll crank up the volume every once in a while when uh need uh, uh dictates <laughs> we don't mind. So much craziness is going on out here. I got a feeling there might be a a, a pretty uh, crazy fall, y'all, with the uh, debt ceiling thing. And the Republicans are talking about shutting the government down. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The country's moving along, but all of a sudden, the Republicans are talking about shed, shedding the government down. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are you going to shut the government down? And the economy is moving along, growing, but you want to come along and shut the economy down, shut the government down, right? Uh, somebody need to uh, let those uh, do nothing, uh, congressmen up there, the time of day. Everybody need to know those, uh, let those jokers know the time, time of day and the country can't afford to be uh, uh, putting up with shenanigans uh, anymore uh, from them. Wow. We, uh, it's just amazing that uh, the people of this country is allowing uh, the Republicans in Congress to uh, to get away with uh, doing such a lousy job uh, of uh, handling uh, the people's business. It's, it's nothing short of amazing that this the citizens of this country hasn't risen up and went up there and swept all of those uh, jokers out of that uh, out of that Congress. It's amazing. I mean, it's not too hard to see where the problem is at either. Oh no, we—it's uh, not too hard to see. Yeah, it's the Republicans, uh, uh, right wing of that Republican Party in the House of Representatives, y'all. It ain't no—it ain't no real big secret here. Yeah, and they—they've uh, adopted this uh, uh, attitude where uh, they'd rather shut the, uh, the government down than to work with uh, this. Uh, a president, which is uh, uh, nothing short of uh, 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 treason in my mind. Nothing short of treason in my mind. We need to. Uh, <laughs> somebody said I ain't in the military, Hushma. 
Hey, you could have committed treason if you're a, a freaking politician, in my mind. At the very, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's amazing that we allow them to get away with the chunk, uh, the shenanigans that they're getting away with. We, uh, I think it's, it's going to change. It's going to change. It's just a matter of uh, a time. And the country's in such a uh, uh, crazy place right now. <laughs> uh, all to do with uh, uh, what I'm writing about here, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it has a lot to do with uh, what I'm writing about, racism and hate. An American reality. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's just what it is, yeah. I, I, yeah, ain't nothing I, you know, did or see <laughs> I'm just a reporter. I'm just a reporter, y'all, trying to <laughs> pass on what I see and feel and think. That's all I'm doing. I ain't nothing, really. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but you got me anyway out here in Hushmo Black uh, form, y'all. You got me Hushmo uh, driving this train tonight, trying to uh, get through. Uh, oh, yeah, we uh, cover events that affect our community, uh, Americans of Africa, that's just about everything, yeah. Just about everything affects us. And, I mean, wow, we still talking about Trayvon Martin and uh, the injustice there and uh, now it's done good. Uh, everybody's talking about it. We've been talking about it out here on the Hushmo Black Forum for, for five years uh, on the uh, Hushmo Black Forum out here on the Internet. But uh, then we've been talking about racism and the like for the last uh, 30 years. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we, we was born here in Georgia in 1945 in the middle of a cotton field. And the thing hasn't uh, it hasn't changed Well, we ain't gonna be out here long, y'all, because the braids just, the sky just opened up down at the stadium. But uh, <clears throat> I can tell it right now, it ain't gonna last that long because what they, <laughs> what they getting down there, we, <laughs> we had here about uh, ten minutes ago. Oh, that was a good picture right there, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was a strike. He threw Chris Johnson out just like that. I, I, hey, y'all, <laughs> don't mind me. We uh, we got about five monitors going here, y'all. We watching the internet, uh, <laughs> uh, two or three uh, monitors on that, listening to a radio monitor feed, uh, the Braves on on the monitor, and it's raining. They done kicked the man out, and then <laughs> the first entity ain't, ain't even over yet, y'all. Oh well, yes, second in it, but people are bailing for the uh, stands. And we 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 don't think that rain gonna last long. But uh, everybody seems to be talking about a race. Uh, yeah, we we out here is what we do. 
you know, we advocate on behalf of Americans of African descent. And like I said, doing my research and over the last month, I've came to uh, some really, really riveting uh, 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 insights into uh, just what was going on back during uh, the period that uh, that I write about. Uh, but been zeroing in on that time period around uh, uh, between 1954 and uh, uh, 1896. You know, been been primarily zeroing in on that because uh, that time period is critical. <coughs> uh, mainly, well, we could go back. We could go back all the way to 1865 after the Civil War, and we. Uh, uh, my ancestors, along with uh, some five million other Americans of African descent, was uh, emancipated in that uh, after the Civil War was over, and uh, but then immediately uh, went into this uh, political pur- purgatory period uh, of uh, the separate equal uh, laws, uh, the discriminatory laws of the South, Jim Crow laws of the South, for the next ninety-five years, the next ninety years until. Uh, 1954. So we that time period is critical when uh, uh, when I look at uh, uh, making a case for financial reparation for Americans of African descent. That it's and what I found is is, is uh, really. Uh, is really really uh, fascinating. Just looking at uh, uh, of what happened, it's uh, it's, it's truly amazing that uh, how uh, uh, the injustices uh, that occurred, you know, for a lot of for a lot of reasons, but mainly because of uh, racism. That, that's so, you know, I ain't whitewashing it or trying to make it uh, something that it wasn't. It's just what it was, mainly because of racism. We, you know, there's some 41 million Americans of Aquinas in here in this country today. And uh, uh, our wealth uh, as a whole is uh, woefully uh, under what... Uh, the rest of the uh, society is, uh, is the majority in the society. The white in the society is worth uh, I don't know some nine or ten times more than what uh, the average family of four of blacks is worth. It shouldn't be. It's only that way uh, because of a racism, and that's what my study and that's what the country history shows. You know, for a lot of for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. But uh uh ignorance, fear, uh uh premeditated uh 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 shenanigans. A, a whole bunch of reasons uh why, but uh all uh, wrapped around uh, racism, yeah. All wrapped around racism here in the country. So we 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 uh, trace the history of it, kind of, uh, and and looked at my family's history as it uh, 
pertains to uh, um, racism here in the country. Uh, my family's history is a great uh, barometer because we go back. Uh, like I said, we're indigenous to the country. We go back now before the country was a country. Before it was a country, right here in the state of Georgia, my people go back uh, that far. Yeah, we're not we're not immigrants. No, not to the United States of America. We're not. <clears throat> no way. So uh, we we are we are, we are uh, perfect uh, a perfect barometer to uh, to study. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, we incorporate uh, uh, some of my family's history throughout my story to time stamp it uh, from uh, 1784, uh, the birth of my great great uh, grandfather Daniel's mother Sarah here in Georgia, down in Troop County. Yeah, uh, she was born down there in 1784. A slave, born a slave, raised a slave, and died a slave right here in the state of Georgia. Yeah. So we tell her story and our family's story going forward. Not not in death. Not in death. We just uh, 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 not, not in death. But we we uh, shed enough light on her story to uh, uh, paint a picture. <laughs> to paint a a, a picture of uh, her trials and tribulations here here in the uh, country. Yeah. And she had light on the story of her descendants. Me and my uh, forefather, fathers. She has some light on on her uh, children's uh, her offspring. Yeah, I think she. Uh, be both pleased and saddened by <laughs> where we are today. Uh, in the country, in terms of our uh, social uh, status, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, now she'd be, uh, she'd be uh, more than surprised by this uh, American Americanist president that we have. <laughs> Not that uh, she didn't know uh, free black people. Now, she do. Some free black people, believe it or not. That was black. Uh, free blacks in uh, True County uh, while she lived. Yeah. And on 1856, there are a few free blacks. Uh, one of the permanent black families there in uh, uh, LaGrange uh, was uh, one Mr. Horace King. He... Uh, 
he and his family were, uh, were free. He was a mulatto. Well, a lot of people was mulatto, but he was free. And uh, uh, he was a, a, a builder, a bridge builder. He built all the covered bridges around Troop County for, I don't know, for some, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. His family, yeah. He was a master bri- a bridge builder. Uh, one Mr. Horace King and family. Uh, blacks free, uh, at least on the, uh, 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 prior to the Civil War, uh, there in LaGrange, Georgia. Yeah. So uh, my great-great-grandfather's uh, mother, Sarah, she died, well, she died sometime around 1860, I, you know, as far as I can tell. She died uh, just before 1870 census. So she, yeah, she was born a slave, raised a slave, and died a slave. Never know freedom. Never knew freedom in her entire life. Never knew freedom in her entire life. <laughs> wow! Can you imagine? Been a slave here in this country all your entire life, from death, from birth to death, from birth to grave. All you know is. Shadow, uh, shadow uh, slavery, and the ten kids that you gave birth to, <laughs> all of them was not even your property. <laughs> all of them belonged to somebody else. Can you imagine? All of what you produce out of your body, your offspring, belonged to somebody else, yeah, oh yeah. They could take your kid and sell them, and did. <laughs> hey, hey y'all, I, I don't want to get, where we at, where we at, Hushmo? You off on a tangent? Oh no, we're talking about my book, Racism and Hate and American Reality. See, and that's the thing. We, <laughs> Americans of African descent, get caught up just telling this story. <laughs> you, Americans of African descent can get caught up in the moment just telling their history uh, here in this country. Yeah. yeah. That's how crazy uh, this thing is. That's how crazy our history is uh, in this country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell, uh, we, uh, I don't know. We hey, uh, we're gonna take another quick break here. <clears throat> what time is it? We've been rambling on. It's about uh, wow, fourteen minutes till eight here, y'all. We're gonna take a quick pause for the calls. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. You got me to hush, ma. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
It's about uh, eight minutes till eight, y'all. Saturday, August 10th, 2013 here. We move right along, y'all. Yes, you're we We got something coming up. Oh, God, man. We got we got all kind of things coming up this time next week here. Y'all be uh, the Hushmo's anniversary, I believe. Let's take a look. Wow. Yeah, we got uh, 8.17. The next show will be out here next Saturday. Yeah, we, okay. We got a, we got another week or so to go. We uh, were just talking about, before we uh, took, took a break, how, uh, how just uh, <laughs> talking about our history Mary Rackman said, sometimes uh, can bring about uh, uh, some emotional uh, responses. And uh, sure enough, uh, that is the case with a lot of our history. When we start writing about, talking about, or telling about our history here uh, in the country, now we, yeah, we, we, we yeah, we have to do our genealogy uh, uh, storytelling just like any other uh, group of people here in the country. It's just so happened, like I said, my my people uh, was here in this country, so my history is here over the last two hundred years. So when I talk about my history, I start my history with my great great uh, granddaddy uh, uh, mother's uh, uh, birth. I start my history right there. Uh, that was 1784, right here in this country. So uh, going forward uh, is my is my history, and I can't tell my history without uh, telling about uh, uh, my environment. Racism was part of that environment. Racism and hate was part of it. I can't talk about tell about, do anything about my history other than uh, without uh, uh, covering uh, uh, those two subject matters, racism and hate. So that that's the problem that a lot of uh, Americans of African descent run into. And sure enough, uh, uh, some uh, in the white community Right away, get a, a, uh, uh, take a fist uh, to you talking about uh, racism. <laughs> they take a fist to you talking about racism. Some of them, you know, most of them, you know, a lot of sophisticated uh, white people, no doubt. And they uh, uh, can have a, a uh, intelligent conversation about it. But a lot of them, uh, uh, deep down, is offended by uh, blacks talking about racism. Uh but and then blacks can't talk about their history uh, here in this country without talking about racism. It's a it's a circle here, y'all. You see what I'm saying? You I can't I can't talk about my history. I was born in 1945 in Georgia without 14th Amendment rights. We're in the middle of uh, separate equal the Jim Crow laws of Georgia here, y'all. Oh yeah. So I you know me personally, I I definitely can't even talk about my birth. I can't even talk about my birth 
without uh, talking about racism, yeah. So it's a natural uh, for me. Yeah. When I discover my uh, my history here in Georgia, yeah, well, and I talk about it not from uh, someone that's angry uh, at anyone. I talk about it because it's my history. It's part of my history. I, I've been a forgiven uh, Master James Cameron back there uh, uh, for enslaving my people. I've been forgiven him. I turned that stuff over to the man upstairs. And, oh, now, oh, I, I still hate the racism. Oh, I still hate the institution of racism. But I can sit here tonight and honestly say I don't hate anyone, not not a human being. I don't hate not one human being, you know, no way, shape, form, or fashion. Yet, at the same time, I hate uh, the institution of racism, you know, no doubt. And I uh, will uh, continue to uh, 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 revolt against it. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll continue to... Uh, uh, re- uh, revolt against any uh, racism that uh, I encounter. Yeah, repulse will we'll repulse any uh, racism that I encounter. That's what we do out here on the High School Black Forum, uh, by the way. Yeah. That's not hate toward uh, any human being. No. I'm I've moved past that point. I uh, can separate uh, uh, um, the two, the hate for uh, humans uh, and the hate for an institution such as racism. Uh, I can. I've, I've got to that point. I love everybody. That's my greatest asset. My God-given charity. Yeah, ain't no doubt. My God-given charity is my greatest asset, yeah. <laughs> y'all don't know. Hey, welcome to the High School Black Forum here, y'all. Hey, we got a call in, one eight 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 one eight eight eight. 1888 Five eight eight three eight one four. We don't take many calls out here. From time to time, we will. From time to time, we will. Just we, you know, we. We just run this train by ourselves, and uh, it's hard to uh, juggle the two uh, things, but we can. We're driving the whole train, yeah. Surely, if we can drive a train, we can uh, <laughs> we can juggle two uh, two conversations. Eh? <laughs> Talking about my family's history here in Georgia and how it plays into uh, the subject matter of racism and hate, and uh, I was telling you uh, at the beginning of the. At the beginning of our uh, show this evening, that I ran across this uh, this per- this personality that I considered uh, um, 
one of my spiritual witnesses to my uh, story, uh, one Mr. Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, uh, You can pull his bio up, Google him, uh, Wikipedia. He's got a fair... uh, a fair uh, sketch of his, uh, this giant of a uh, spirit, Henry McNeil Turner, uh, was born February the first, eighteen thirty-four. Yeah, February the first. You know, so he's Aquarian, just like me. So it's one of the reasons I was able to tap into uh, his spirit. <laughs> Believe it or not, and that's a true story. Yeah, he was born. For, me, I'm February the fourth. So we we read there. We both fellow uh, Aquarians, fellow uh, fellow water carriers, as I like to describe our uh, spirit. He was born February the fourth, eighteen thirty four. Died May eighth, nineteen fifteen. Lived a pretty long life there. That's wow. That's that's about uh, eighty eighty one years. That that's a pretty long lifespan. Even for today, uh, he was born uh, a free black in South Carolina. Wound up being a minister, uh, as a minister, a politician, and the first uh, Southern Bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, the AME uh, Church here in uh, uh, this country. Uh, he was one of the pioneers uh, here in Georgia, by the way and organizing new congregations of the independent black denomination after the American Civil War. Uh, he uh, played a big part in evangelizing uh, uh, throughout the South. Uh, 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 did he? Born free in South Carolina was again. Uh, uh, the story is so uh, fascinating, y'all. Uh, the more I got into him, he's born in South Carolina now. Free in 1934. How did he get to be born free in in, in 1934? Okay. One Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, parents. Okay. Uh, um, One of them, his father, Mr. Harry, uh, Mr. We'll say, uh, well, he changed his name to, uh, 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 he changed his name to, uh, 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 what did he change his name to here, y'all? I'm reading this right off the book here, there, guys. So, uh, well, he was born to, uh, uh, his father was one Mr. Hardy Turner. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was his father's name. His father now, listen at this. His father was born uh, uh, to uh, uh, a white mother who was a plantation owner and a black father. Uh-oh, y'all. This is crazy. This is 1830. This is... This is uh, <laughs> This is crazy now. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is crazy. This is South Carolina, y'all. Let me tell you. Uh, so Turner was born in Newberry, South Carolina, to Sarah Greer and Hardy Turner, both of African and European descent. Both of these brothers was both of his parents was uh, uh, mulattoes, which is not unusual. Uh, but his father. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all can't picture uh, how crazy this is. His father's pa- uh, parents, uh, Hardy Turner's parents, is where it gets really interesting because she was a white plantation owner. Oh, yeah, she had money. <laughs> she had money there in South Carolina. Now, I don't know where her money came from, but uh, probably left to her by somebody. Either her father was rich or her ex-husband had money and died and left her, whatever. But she went out and got her a black, <laughs> she went out and got her a black African mandingo, y'all. <laughs> she went out and got her a black African mandingo and started having babies by him, with him. <laughs> One of the babies he produced was... Uh, Hardy, uh, Hardy Turner. Yeah, that's that's uh, who the black uh, African Mandingo produced with this white plantation owner there in South Carolina. So, uh, so all, all of her kids was free, as was she. I guess she was. She was a white plantation owner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so, so the Mandingo was imported as a slave to South Carolina, but traders noticed he had royal Mandingo marks and did not sell him into slavery. His brother was a true Mandingo warrior, y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all know anything about the Mandingo uh, tribes of folks over there in Africa? I think they come from uh, the Sudan region. They all are a uh, uh, region of Africa. Yeah, hybrid or something. They they are part of the Berbers and uh, the Africans all mixed up there. Fierce warriors. Fierce warriors. Now, there are too many of them get sold into slavery. Because those people were fierce warriors. They, yeah, the Mandingos, was, uh, you'd have to, they was pretty hard to enslave them. They was always... Uh, <laughs> Those folks like to kill back <laughs> and uh, uh, garnered a lot of respect, though, worldwide. Even back then, they was feared. Uh, so uh, this lady went out and got her a, a mandingo, an African mandingo. Uh, y'all start having kids by. Oh, yeah. She, <laughs> uh, they was free. And she <laughs> uh, so after... Uh, after uh, uh, his father uh, married a, 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 a another a woman of color, free woman of color. <laughs> but uh, well, that must have been some period, yeah. So anyway, uh, Hardy Turner. He produced one, Mr. 
Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, I don't know. He uh, says uh, at the age of 14, uh, 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 young Henry joined uh, the Methodist, uh, uh, well, was inspired by Methodist revival and swore to become a pastor. He received a preacher's license at the age of 19 from the Methodist Church uh, of the South in 1853. So he was a preacher. He was preaching by 1853, 19 years old. So he's traveled throughout the South for a few years as an evangelist uh, and exhorter. Uh, yeah, converting folks to uh, to Christianity there, yeah, to the Methodist uh, Church. Of course, he was still black now. Remember, <laughs> he was black. He it's hard for him to get around. <laughs> Even as a free black, it was still it was hard for him to travel uh, during the South back then. Oh yeah, even with this white blood, now he was mulatto, so he he but he he could he could even uh, he had to teach himself how to read. Henry McNeil Turner had to teach himself how to read because remember it was still against the law to uh, educate blacks. Slave or free <laughs> here in Georgia, absolutely. It was hard. Uh, in 1858, he moved with his family to St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, uh, said the demand for slaves in the South made him fear that members of his family might be kidnapped and sold into slavery, <laughs> as had been documented for hundreds of free blacks. Yeah. Oh yeah, you free around here, uh, running around in, in the south. It was black. The next thing you know, <laughs> somebody that got a fake uh, uh, bill of sale and got you in chains, <laughs> and got you in chains, y'all. Uh. Yeah. And then the fusion slave uh, law of 1850 seemed to increase the boldness of the slave traders, and people uh, they hired a slave uh, uh, catchers. Uh, yeah. They uh, was ruthless back then, you know. It's just part of my history, you know. It's part of our history. He became an ordained minister uh, in the African Methodist uh, Episcopal Church, AME, uh, up in St. Louis. Y'all have studied the classic Hebrew. He studied the classics uh, uh, and Hebrew. In Divinity at uh, Trinity College. Yeah. This guy was sharp. Yeah. Served at pastorates in Baltimore, Maryland, and Washington, D.C., where he met uh, 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 influential Republicans. They're around Baltimore. He got around now. 1856, he got married to Elijah uh, Peacher, daughter of a wealthy black contractor in Columbia, South Carolina. They had 14 children. Preacher man, no, he, preacher man got busy. <laughs> preacher man got busy, y'all. This is his first wife. He got married in 1856, y'all, to uh, Elijah uh, Peacher. Uh, a rich, a wealthy black contract in Columbia, South Carolina. So this guy had money. Well, he married into money. He took his wife and moved her. After two years, he was in uh, Missouri with his wife. He went, They had 14 children. 
four of whom live to adulthood. So four of, ten of his children live to be grown. Say so after her death, and uh, she died in eighteen eighty nine uh, after the Civil War. Yeah, people got a fascinating story. I remember he he was born in nineteen thirty four. Married in 1856, his first wife died in 1889. He uh, he remarried. <clears throat> oh yeah, he remarried <laughs> several times. <laughs> Remember, he got 14 kids. <laughs> he, he married uh, Martha Elizabeth DeWitt in 1893. Followed following that, he married Harriet A. Wayman in 1900. And following her, he, he married Laura Pearl Lemon in 1907. <laughs> Says he outlived three of his four wives. <laughs> he had a streak of David, King David in him too. Looked like. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. <laughs> this is a fascinating story. During the Civil War, Turner organized the first regiment of black troops. Company B of the First United States Colored Troops and was appointed as chaplains to it. He was the first of the 14 black chaplains to be appointed during the war. This guy was appointed a chaplain in the Union Army, y'all. The Union Colored Army. (laughs) We had segregated uh, Union Armies back then. Now we fighting, we killing folks. <laughs> but they had to, they, you know, this is a Northern Union. They still wasn't <laughs> to the point where they uh, uh, want to mix with black people. The folks up there north, <laughs> they had separate uh, units for blacks. The first United States Colored Troops, Company B. He uh, he was one of the organizers of uh, that regiment. Yeah. This guy was heavy. This guy was a patriot, a social advocate. Oh, his life is heavy, y'all. He's just getting started here. This is uh, during the Civil War. He was appointed a chaplain of uh, uh, the first uh, United States Colored Troops of that company to be there. Says one of four, only 14 uh, black chaplains to be appointed during that war. After the war, he was appointed. Now, this is, after the war, he was appointed by Andrew Johnson. To work with the Freedmen's uh, Bureau in Georgia during Reconstruction. Wow, because he had connections. Remember, not so much with that president. I doubt if that. That's it. Cool down, boy. After the war, he was appointed by President Andrew Johnson to work with the Freedmen's Bureau in Georgia during Reconstruction. That's area. Because remember, I told you I found my spiritual witness to my story, my family's history. He he, he bear witness to my family's history here, y'all. Because remember, this guy, I just told you, he worked for the Freedmen's Bureau here in Georgia, in Macon, Georgia, to be uh, precise, uh, which is where, by the way, uh, the ex blacks from uh, May, uh, LaGrange. They initially went to Macon to the uh, Freedmen's Bureau there to uh, transact business or whatever. Uh, that was uh, probably the closest place to them there in, uh, here in Atlanta. But 
I think it was a lot easier for them back then. They had a train running from uh, LaGrange to Macon, and uh, they went there uh, to conduct a lot of business in that Freedmen Bureau while uh, while uh, uh, Henry McNeil uh, Turner was there. Oh, yeah. This guy. He was there when the 46 million acres was allocated in the Southern Homestead Act. He was working in that Freedmen's Bureau during that time. He knew uh, what was going on with the land, where it was at, how to get it. Yeah. He also saw the barriers that was put up uh, to prevent people from getting it. Uh, he was witness to all of that, yeah. The separate equal laws that got put in place after the Civil War. He witnessed all of that. And it's just amazing to uh follow his uh to follow his uh to follow his train of thought his outlook, his take on what was going on in our society during uh, his lifetime. It's just amazing how this guy started out so optimistic about uh, life. Uh, uh, He was born free now. He was so optimistic about a life in this country. I mean, he bought into the American creed like everybody else. He bought it to Amer- the American creed, that self-fulfilling prophecy of the American creed, like everybody else. Uh, he also seen the evilness of uh, racism. Here's a guy born free. Uh, you know, uh, lived through that Civil War. Helped usher it in, really. He was one of the advocates uh, running around uh, advocating for the downfall of slavery. Oh, yeah, this guy was a powerful uh, advocate for uh, 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 freeing the slaves. <laughs> yeah, as a young man. I mean, he, yeah. Uh, so he uh, but came back to Georgia after that Civil War. He saw uh, uh, what was taking place with the separate equal laws. He really, uh, in a lot of instances, had more freedom. Uh, before the Civil War than they did after. After the Civil War, he was caught up. He was caught up in all the separate equal stuff, and he uh, uh, really uh, became uh, uh, what was known as a black nationalist uh, uh, and was advocating by 1885. He was advocating blacks leave this country. He said there was no future period for blacks here in the country. Yeah, he said that was no. Uh, he said, uh, uh, he said there was no place or no future for uh, the African Americans here in this country. In 1885, he had seen a tremendous shift. In 1869, he was appointed by the Republican administration as postmaster of Macon. 
They was dismayed after the Democrats regained power in the state and throughout the South. By the late 1870s, he had seen the rise in violence at the polls which repressed black voting. In 1883, the United States Supreme Court ruled that the Civil Rights Act of 1875 forbidding racial discrimination in hotels, trains, and other public places was unconstitutional. That was, Turner was incensed. Turner was incensed for a good reason, y'all. He was incensed for a good reason. Not only did the Supreme Court in 1883, y'all, uh, overturn the Civil Rights Act of 1865, uh, forbidding discrimination in hotel trains and other public places, uh, uh, they overturned that. Another thing that Civil Rights Act of 1875 had allowed for was uh, the ownership of land by blacks uh, 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 was in there. And uh, that was the main reason that uh, the Supreme Court overturned it, because it provided for uh, the blacks, it protected the blacks' rights to own land. It protected the blacks' rights to own land. Yeah, that was the whole gist of the thing that folks don't like to talk about. Uh, he knew it. Turner knew it. Said, uh, the world has never witnessed such barbaric laws, he said, until upon a free people as have grown out of the decision of the United States Supreme Court issued October fifteenth, 1883. For that decision alone authorized and now sustained all the unjust discriminations, prescriptions, and robberies perpetrated by public carriers upon millions of the nation's most loyal defenders. It fathers all the Jim Crow cars into which colored people are huddled and compelled to pay as much as the whites who are given the finest accommodations. It has made the ballot of the black man a parody, his citizenship a nullity, and his freedom a burlesque. It has engendered the bitterest feelings between the whites and blacks and resulted in the deaths of thousands who would have been living in the joint life today. Wow, that's heavy, uh. And has resulted in the deaths of thousands who would have been living and enjoying life today. Well, this is uh, 1883, y'all. So thousands of blacks have been killed because of uh, the Jim Crow laws. That's what I uh, got out of that. In the late 19th century... Uh, this guy, no. Now, this guy uh, was right here in the mix. This is him. This is a, a intellect, one of our intellects, y'all. The right bishop, Henry McNeil Turner, is talking. This is an eyewitness to what went on here, y'all. In the late 19th century, he witnessed state legislatures in Georgia and across the South passing measures to disfranchise blacks. 
He became a proponent of black nationalism, supported immigration of American blacks to Africa. He thought it was the only way that they could make free and independent lives for themselves. When he traveled to Africa, he was struck by the differences in attitudes of Africans who ruled themselves and had never known the degradation of slavery. He founded the the International Migration Society, supported his own newspaper for submissions, uh, was the the name of his newspaper uh, that he uh, founded. Served as editor from uh, looked like uh, from nineteen eighty eighteen ninety three to nineteen hundred, and later the voice of the people uh, that he edited uh, from nineteen oh one to nineteen oh four. He organized two ships with a total of five hundred uh, or more immigrants who traveled to Liberia in eighteen ninety five and eighteen ninety six. So he helped establish that uh, the colony of uh, Liberia. Well, no, it says uh, 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 Liberia had been established a colony before uh, the Civil War. Uh, yeah, so this guy was heavy. Uh, 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 but but you could see the change in his attitude toward uh, the country, the change in his attitude as uh, time progressed on, uh, uh, his attitude changed after that civil war. You know, at the, on the one hand we have all these people free, but locked down into this uh, uh, just uh, uh, locked down in this uh, uh, prism of. Uh, of uh, racism, yeah, locked up in this prison, prison of uh, racism here in the country. After the civil, after they had been emancipated, he uh, he rallied against that and fought against it every day of his life until 1915. He died. What? Church on the church leadership part of uh, the story here, uh, as a correspondent to the Christian Reporter, the weekly newspaper of the AME Church, he wrote extensively about the Civil War. Later, he wrote about the conditions of his parishioners in Georgia. Parishioners in Georgia. When Turner joined the AME Church in 1858. Its members lived mostly in the northern and border states. Total member uh, members numbered about twenty thousand. This is uh, when he uh, joined the church in eighteen fifty-eight. His biographer Stephen uh, uh, Angel described Turner as one of the most skillful denominational builders in American history. After the Civil War, he founded many AME congregations in Georgia. In fact, my family, a lot of my mother's people were uh, AME uh, uh, Methodists. Uh, no doubt uh, he had a hand in that uh, way back then. As part of a missionary effort by the church in the South, he gained more than 250,000 new uh, uh, adherents throughout the South by 1877. And by 
1896 had a total of more than 452,000 members nationally. That was a big church, AME, uh, 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 African Methodist Episcopal Church, yeah. Yeah, big, big church, 450,000 members by 1896, powerful uh, voice. By 1880, Turner was elected as the first bishop from the South in the AME Church after a hard battle within the denomination, although one of the last bishops to have struggled up from poverty and a self-made man. He was the first AME bishop ordained. He was the first AME bishop to ordain a woman. Well, this guy was progressive, too, now. Imagine this way back then. He was the first AME bishop to ordain a woman to the order of deacon. Oh, he didn't make a preacher. He just made a deacon. (laughs) Uh, He discontinued uh, the uh, controversial practice (laughs) because of threats and discontent among the congregation. You know, the male deacons, they're just as bad as making her preachers. (laughs) The deacons ain't about to have a woman set up in there with him. Hey, I'm just saying, y'all. He he just says he discontinued the controversial practice because of threats and discontent among the congregation, among them during deacon males. (laughs) During and after the 1880s, Turner supported prohibition and women's suffrage movements. Oh, man, he was complicated. (laughs) He also served for 12 years. He also served for 12 years as chancellor of Morris Brown College. Wow. Uh, Morris Brown is a historically black college all affiliated with AME uh, Church uh, here in Atlanta. Uh, he serves as chancellor of Morris Brown for 12 years. This guy's got a heavy, uh, diverse uh, resume here, y'all. During the 1890s, Turner went four times to Liberia and Sierra Leone. Uh, both the United States and British colonies, respectively, at that time. As bishop, he organized four annual AME uh, conferences in Africa to, to introduce uh, more American blacks to the continent and organize missions uh, in the colonies. He also worked to establish the AME church in South Africa, where he negotiated a merger with the Ethiopian church. Due to his efforts, African students from South Africa began coming to the United States to attend Wilberforce University in Ohio, which uh, the AME Church had operated uh, since 1863. His efforts to combine missionary work with encouraging immigration to Africa were uh, divisive uh, in the AME Church. Turner crossed denominational lines in the United States, building connections with black Baptists. Oh, yeah, because he, he wasn't going to leave us, uh, uh, the, the people. This guy, uh, that's what I like about him. He never, <laughs> he didn't care what you was. You were uh, American of African descent. He was in your corner. So he had no problem uh, uh, dealing with the black Baptist preachers. <laughs> he crossed, he crossed the domination in the lands in the United States, building connections with black Baptists. For instance, he was known as a fiery orator. He notably preached that God was black. <laughs> hey, uh, the more the more I read about uh, 
Brother Henry McNeil Turner, the more I, 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 I'm fascinated by him. Yeah, this was back in 1898, y'all. In, 18, in the 1890s, here's Reverend, uh, Reverend Turner. Preaching about God being black. <laughs> so scandalizing some, but appealing to his colleagues at the first black Baptist convention when he said, we have as much right biblically and otherwise to believe that God is a Negro. As you buckaroo or white people have, to believe that God is a fine-looking, symmetrical, and ornamented white man. For the bulk of you and all of the fool Negroes in this country believe that God is white-skinned, blue-eyed, straight-haired, projected nose, compressed lip, and finely robed white gummer, uh, white a gentleman sitting up on a throne somewhere in the heaven. Every race of people who have attempted to describe their God by words or by painting or by carving or any other form or figure have conveyed the idea that God who made them and shaped their destinies was symbolized in themselves. And why shouldn't the Negro believe that he resembles God? This is is what uh, Reverend Henry McNeil uh, Turner preached in 1898 in front of the first black uh, Baptist convention. That's what uh, he started out and uh, uh, and uh, expects uh, 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 came forward with that uh, uh, analogy. We have we black people have as much right biblically and otherwise to believe that God is a Negro. As you white people have to believe that God is a fine-looking, symmetrical, (laughs) and ornamented white man. For the bulk of you and all of the fool Negroes of this country believe that God is white-skinned, blue-eyed, straight-haired, projected nose, compressed lips, and finely-robed white gentleman sitting upon a throne somewhere in heaven. Yeah, that's what you believe. That's what white people believe. But every race of people who ever ever attempted to describe their God by words or by paintings or by carvings or any other form or figure have conveyed the idea that the God who made them and shaped their destinies was symbolized in themselves. Now, why shouldn't black people believe uh, uh, that they resemble God? That's what Bishop Henry McNeil Turner said and believed back in 1898. Yeah. The brother was heavy. That brother was heavy, yeah. Listen to what he's saying here. <laughs> he scared people to death. <laughs> he scared folks to death. This guy was a giant, y'all. 
He died while visiting Windsor, Ontario on some engage, uh, some speaking engagement he had been invited on in 1915. 81 years old, he's still traveling prolifically. He's a prolific traveler. This is 1915. This guy's 81 years old. That's old uh, back then. <laughs> he's they, yeah, they shipped him way back to he's buried here in Atlanta. After his death, W. E. Du Bois wrote in the Crisis magazine about him this: Turner was the last of his clan, mighty men mentally and physically, men who started at the bottom and hammered their way to the top by sheer brute strength. They were the spiritual progeny. They were the spiritual progeny, 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 progeny. They were the spiritual progeny of African chieftains, and they built the African church uh, in America. That's what W. Du Bois wrote about this guy. He had a tremendous amount of respect uh, for uh, Mr. Turner. In fact, was uh, uh, one of his disciples. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, he passed that on to uh, W.E.B. W.E.B. said that uh, Turner was the last of his clan, mighty men mentally and physically, men who started at the bottom and hammered their way to the top by sheer brute strength. They were the spiritual progeny, progeny of African chieftains, and they built the African church in America. That's a little take on uh, Mr. Wendell, Mr. Harry. Come on. That was just a little take on Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, uh, one of my new uh, spiritual witnesses to uh, what occurred here to my family, by the way, in Georgia. Oh, yeah, that guy's a eyewitness. I, I, I sense him <laughs> uh, in my spirit, yeah. I sense him down to the core of what he went through. Oh, yeah, I can read it. I can feel it. This guy's got a great, great story, y'all. Uh, I got him in my book. I got this little uh, biography of him. I stamped it off of uh, Wikipedia and put it in my book, y'all. Yeah, and uh, uh, to uh, alert my viewers to it because he yeah, has a lot of stuff out there on that internet. So much information out there is crazy, but if you don't know what's out there, you, chances are you're never going to uh, <laughs> come across it. Uh, I had a reason to uh, look for it. Uh, so, but I'm putting a copy of it in my book, and y'all all, I urge my listeners to Google Henry McNeil Turner and uh, check his story out. Just a fascinating uh, giant of uh, an American of uh, African descent. Uh, we wouldn't be here today, uh, I dare say, without uh, uh, his spirit uh, coming along. Uh, we wouldn't be here today without uh, his spirit uh, coming along uh, our way. We're just grateful to him and his uh, clan, as uh, W. Reed Du Bois uh, said. We're just grateful for him and his clan that uh, 
with such powerful love. Such powerful love. Uh, a man back there. Yeah. We're just thankful. For him. Hey, y'all, you got me the Hushmo. <clears throat> I'm the Hushmo back for him here, y'all. It's about 20 minutes to nine, y'all. We done, we done, uh, yeah, we, we, we can get into him. Yeah, we can get into one Mr. Henry uh, McNeil Turner and all our uh, disciples. He, he wasn't, uh, now he didn't make my 12 disciples list. And he didn't make my original twelve disciples. Oh yeah, yeah. My twelve disciples: the fall, the rise and fall of Jim Crow. This is my next book. Uh, he, Mister Henry McNeil Turner, didn't make that list. But but like I said, he just came into my conscious here over the last week or so, to this extent. Now. I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and weigh. I'm going to have to go back and weigh my 12 disciples that I got. And weigh each one of them. And weigh each one of them uh, uh, with uh, the weight of uh, this uh, this giant here. <laughs> And uh, see where uh, uh, whether or not uh, he uh, outweigh any of them, and whether or not that uh, he outweigh any of them, yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do before before that work uh, 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 come up. Because because this this uh, this giant here is truly. Uh, He truly is a spiritual witness for me uh, in my story here. So he 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 got a lot of weight going in. He he got a lot of he, he carrying a lot of weight here, y'all. Huh? Hey, he, he's carrying a lot of weight. This guy's got some real. He's real close. He's real close to me here, y'all. Y'all don't know, but ah, uh, hey, y'all, we feeling real good this evening. How y'all doing out there in uh, cyberspace? My Facebook friends, how y'all? What up? Trying to figure out what's going on with the Braves. They was in a rain delay. I don't know if they, uh, that rain should be gone in the ATL, y'all. I know it's done passed over here. So uh, hopefully they'll be uh, getting back to uh, action here pretty soon. Looks like uh, they got the field cleared off. and uh, Looks like they're trying to get ready to go. One man been tossed already. <laughs> oh yeah, they get ready to go here now, yeah. Wow. So uh I don't know, we've been paying attention to it though. Like I said, I got carried away. Uh it's just uh I could go back vicariously, y'all, to uh <laughs> and relive uh, the times of uh Mr. Henry. 
Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, because that uh, he 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 go right back with my uh, my great great granddaddy Dan, y'all. My great great granddaddy Dan, <laughs> uh, his spirit and uh, Mr. Turner's spirit uh, was around at the same time, y'all. <laughs> uh, this spirit uh, around at the same time during uh, our history here. I get carried away just uh, emotionally uh, carried away just uh, looking at uh, his story. <sighs> so yeah, we we what happened is I uh, like I said I, I I was just about finished just about finished with a uh, um, manuscript that I ran into him and really got to include had to go back and uh, incorporate uh, incorporate uh, his uh, uh, <laughs> input. <laughs> Incorporate his input on uh, uh, my story. <laughs> yeah, that's how heavy this thing is, y'all. I had to stop and go back and incorporate his input uh, into my story. Racism and hate in American reality, y'all, is the, is the name of it. But yeah, this guy's powerful. And in in in. That's what I told you. You can't talk about, I can't write about my history without talking about, writing about uh, racism. You, I, you just can't do it. Slavery and racism, you can't do it. I can't write about my history without writing about slavery. You just can't do it. It can't be done by somebody whose history go back as far as mine in this country. It can't. So uh, it ain't uh, nothing to do with hate, or uh, uh, in particular, not not when it comes to uh, uh, my hatred today. For I don't hate anyone today. I love everybody. Still, I hate the institutions, racism now, no doubt. But as far as human, I love all my fellow humans, whether black, white, green, or whatever. <laughs> Let you know that right now. I ain't got no problem. Uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna be discriminated against them. No, period. I'm gonna rail against that. You know, when I see it, no doubt, uh, today. But, uh, yeah, just a fascinating, fascinating story here that we've got for you folks that read us. Get ready. It's coming. Racism and hate, y'all, and American reality. It, we think it's going to fit right in with the conversation that's going on in the country today. Hopefully, we'll provide some, some uh, input to it. And uh, perhaps uh, uh, another perspective, another perspective, maybe not a new one altogether, but another one. Yeah, with some, uh, yeah, with some uh, uh, useful uh, 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 input. About where we are as a, as a society here today, we uh, we we think we got something to say. Absolutely, we got something to say. We got uh, skin in the game, as just, as they say. 
we got skin in the game in this uh, country, yeah. <laughs> yeah, America's Africans ain't got a lot of skin in the game. About 400 years worth of it. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't immigrants. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> We're not, I'm sorry. We're not immigrants to uh, the United States of America. There are a lot of immigrants here in the country. There are a lot of immigrants in the country, y'all. We, Americans of sent by and large are not a part of, the, of those immigrants. Uh, my family, we go back here before the country was a country. <laughs> uh-uh. We go back before the country was a country, y'all. My great-great-grandfather's uh, mother, Sarah, was born here in Georgia, 1784, y'all, before the Constitution. Hey, no, are we indigenous to the uh, North American continent? Absolutely not. We, you know, we go back to my blood come from the motherland of Africa, y'all. My DNA comes straight out of the Yoruba folks in Nigeria. That's where I come from. That's where my DNA come from. If you ask that question, that's a different question. But if you ask me if I'm indigenous to the United States of America, I, I am. I am not an immigrant to this country. No, no. There was a lot of immigrants from Europe. A lot of immigrants came through Ellis Island. <laughs> uh, we didn't come through Ellis Island, yeah. We was there when Ellis Island was built. I was here in this country when Ellis Island was built. Before there was an Ellis Island. Before they even named it. Yeah. So. Yeah, see. Hey, uh, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls here. We'll be right back. You got me to hush my hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
，哎呦，我真的，我真的是很想再听。不要的，啊，这真是难，呀。We just about to knock this thing out, yeah. We got carried away here at the night, just dealing with the、uh, when Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, just a dynamic figure, yeah. I, uh, I'm so, so truly. Thankful that I, I、uh, was able to run across him before I closed、uh, my book out. You, you'll never know how how much、uh, this uh, this uh, this gentleman、um, uh, mean to、uh, my story. It'll be hard to uh, convey uh, the importance of uh, of this uh, of one Mister Bishop. Henry McNeil Turner、uh, to my story, racism and hate and American、uh, reality. Yeah, yeah, dealing with、uh, the part of、uh, the story that、uh, encompasses my family's history here in Georgia. Yeah, he's a feller, a fellow、uh, traveler, <laughs> along with my uh, great great uh, granddad,、uh, Daniel Cameron, here in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So we we.、Uh, Is excited <clears throat> as we said here to close the show down. We we really excited because we're going to be up all night. We're going to be up here、uh, for the next couple of three days, crushing to get this、uh, thing done. We just about got it done, y'all, and we are going to get it into、uh, the publisher next week. We're going to get this manuscript, the first copy of it, in next week to、uh, my publisher here. So it's going to be out there. It'll take another month or so to, for the publisher to edit it and uh, uh, you know get it back and forth and、uh, tweak a few things. But next week the manuscript is going in, y'all. You know? So I feel proud of myself for uh, getting uh, this far and this close to、uh, wrapping it up. And、uh, been kind of laxed on、uh, providing uh, uh, up-to-date input on what's going on in the world because we have. Really been into other、uh, news lately, y'all. Just uh, uh, heavy uh, uh, research into the final、uh, little bits of、uh, of my story. <laughs> we we yeah, so we, we'll create some news, I believe, with my story. Hopefully, it'll be、uh, well received by you all. Hey, you all remember? Go to hushmoblack dot com, hushmoblack dot com, my website. H u s h m o B L A C K, that's H U S H M O B L A C K dot com, hushmoblack dot com. Follow me there.、Uh, you can follow me on my web,、uh, Facebook page from there also. Uh, but uh, you can uh, keep up with the, my book there on my website, hushmoblack dot com.、Uh, racism and hate in American reality.、Uh, we think it's.、Uh, Um, a great, great read. We think it's going to be a great, great read for you. Tell a friend about it. Tell a friend about the Hushmo Black Forum, and、uh, have them、uh, to check us out.、Uh, pull us down. You ain't got to listen、uh, two hours at a time. We archive all our shows too, by the way,、uh, out there on HushmoBlack.com. So you can go there to、uh, get all our、uh, previous shows. We have them archived there. Pull us down, and you know, take in bits and pieces.、Uh, come back and let us know what you think. Uh, provide some、uh, input for us. You got any、uh, particular thing you want us to talk about? Give us a shout out at hushmo at hushmoblack dot com is our email. 
Hushmo at HushmoBlack.com. That's our email, y'all. If you want to get in touch with uh, the Hushmo. Uh, so you got several different avenues. Yeah. Hey, it's been my plum pleasing pleasure, y'all, <laughs> to uh, entertain y'all out here this evening. If it was entertainment for you, that's uh, <laughs> I'm being presumptuous here, y'all, assuming that I'm <laughs> some kind of entertainer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, we got to call this thing uh, a night, y'all. Till next week, April se- uh, August seventeenth, y'all. August seventeenth, we'll be back here at seven o'clock, same time, same place, on Blog Talk Radio, y'all. This is Blog Talk Radio. We come to you from great, great uh, medium, y'all. I urge everybody to check it out. If they got something to say, I mean, check Blog Talk out. Hey, you got Tavis Smiley. Smiley's out here. Tavis out there. Tavis got a whole network. Yeah. Got a whole network. Great, great looking uh, uh, network. Uh, great looking network he's got out here. Yeah. Uh, so y'all check it out. If y'all got something to say, want to create your own talk show, check Blog Talk Radio out. Hey, y'all, until next week, uh, August 17th, you got me to Hushmo. We're going to leave it there. That day in the thicket of the terrain uh, was unbelievable. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum www.blogtalkradio.com